Hey everyone, welcome to Season 2 of Building Infinite Red, a podcast where the owners of Infinite Red, Todd Worth, Jamin Holmgren, and Gant Laborde, share stories and insights about what it's like to build a fully remote software consultancy. In this episode, the founders discuss the challenges of getting paid by clients and how we deal with it. All right, let's get into it. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Building Infinite Red. My name is Todd Worth. I'm co-founder and CEO of Infinite Red. Today, we're going to be talking about cash flow, why it's king, uh, why it's difficult to get paid often uh, by your clients or your customers. And for those who are just starting out as an entrepreneur, um, how it's different than getting paid by your employer. So let's get started. First, I'd like to introduce Jamin Holmgren. Hey, everybody. And Gant Labordi. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That is, that is my name if you're trying to sell me something. Please call up and say Gant Labordi so I can hang up or start messing with you. <laughs> yes, it's, it's, it's like Chandler Bing. Um, Gant Labord is his real name. Uh, welcome, Gant. And um, if you're a business owner or if you run businesses, uh, this part, you probably know very well, but for the people who don't know this, if you're an employee and your employer doesn't pay you, uh, you can go to the labor board, you can go to various government agencies, and they will get that pay for you, generally speaking. Uh, they'll take care of it, they'll enforce the laws, that kind of stuff, and you're going to get your money. So employees are pretty well protected, and most companies would not dare not pay their employees uh, because of this. If you run a business and you're dealing with customers or clients, it's very different. Let's just say a business like ours where we we offer services and clients pay us for those services or our time, for example. If they decide not to pay us, there is no government agency to go to. You basically, if you can't, talk them into paying you or if you have no leverage over them for instance they want you to keep on working for them you're really left with only two choices one is to sue them uh, and then get a court order for them to pay now that only works if they have money or if they're still a company or they still exist or if they're actually in the same country even it gets really complicated if you're doing world level work correct uh, the other thing you can do is you can send them to collections, which is even worse than the first option. <laughs> uh, the only thing that does is often the collection agent, the collection agencies won't charge you until they get money. But it's if they get any money, it's you know a very low amount compared to what they owe you. And the same things, same problems apply if they have money, if they exist, if they're in your country, that kind of stuff. Mm. So I just wanted to set up the basic issue where. People have to be incentivized to pay you outside of some sort of law or government agency enforcing it because that's not going to happen. There's two, two different sort of ways to look at money in a business. There's, there's profits, you know, revenue that, that, that you're essentially earning. Uh, so we, you know, we have a contract, let's say it's for $100,000 and we do the work. We've earned $100,000. Um <clears throat> But you can't pay bills with that. 
you have to have actual money in your bank account to pay for it. And so that's where the cash flow comes in. Because um, if you got paid up front, great. You have the money before you even earn it. Uh, now, mm-hmm. you probably don't want to spend it yet because if they cancel the contract or something happens like that, then you didn't earn it. You have to give it back. But then if uh, if you didn't take any money up front and they don't pay you until nine years later, it kind of doesn't do much good right away. And that really causes problems because you still have to pay your employees. You still have to pay your bills. So that's why cash flow matters. Yeah, I do want to clarify one thing. Um, Jamin, you alluded to this. So if you have a $100,000 contract and you do the work, the revenue is 100000 Then you have all your expenses for doing that work. And I'm not talking about general business stuff, but actual expenses you paid paid to do that specific work. In our case, it's paying mostly humans. That, say you paid 80000 So now what you have is $20,000 of margin or $20,000 of profit. Even if they pay on time, so let's say you have net 15, which means they have to pay in 15 days after you invoice them. Uh, even if you send out the invoice a week later and in 15 days they pay you, you may have already paid that $80,000 for that month, um, in which case you're basically giving your client a loan for 30 days of that money. So that's part of cash flow as well. You always have to think in two ways. So when you're tracking how well you're doing, you should be measuring your revenue. You should be measuring your revenue, should be measuring your margins and your profit. And that's actually what you should be basing your business decisions on. So we got this contract and it was profitable. We made lots of sales, that kind of stuff. However, you can look at your financials and say, we've done awesome. We're hitting on all of our metrics. And then our bank account has $7,000 in it. <laughs> and, you, and you could go out of business while being successful. Right. And cash flow has almost noth- nothing to do with whether you're running the business well or not. There's a few things you can do to kind of uh, hedge against this. One is to take money down, like, you know, right up front, take a deposit, take if you have a hundred thousand dollar project, maybe you take thirty thousand dollars down or whatever might cover your what you call exposure. Exposure being how like if you stopped if you stopped the project today, how much money would they owe you? And if they didn't pay, you'd be out, you know. Uh, so if if the maximum exposure that you might have, um, well, I- example of this, let's say that you charge just for easy math you charge ten thousand dollars a week and the and the project is on a net two week type of a situation a net 15 then that means that you have twenty thousand dollars of exposure because they're supposed to pay you within two weeks of you sending the invoice um and uh so you need to make sure that you have at least twenty thousand dollars in your deposit which is uh you know that, that that's pretty normal in business and preferably more like cover your exposure even more. Um, and if they stop paying, you immediately stop. And, and if, uh, like they just ghost on you entirely, you keep the part of their deposit that covers how much money they owe you. So that's how you kind of cover for that. Uh, you can get into situations though, where they want these ridiculous terms, you know, they want a 30 day terms. They want, you know, they have a, you have a big team on it. Uh, and, and we've been in the situation where we've had long terms, big teams on it, and in some cases, inadequate deposits. Um, so that, that's something that would be, you know, good to kind of dive into a little bit more as we get into this. So I think we explained the general concepts and that's, that's kind of get the boring stuff out. There's more, a lot more to it, but 
Um, what I'd love to do now is let's get more into entertaining stuff for our listeners and just talk about some real difficulties because a lot of what Jamin just said too is also ideal. Every aspect of what he just said could not happen. Like, yes, it's wonderful to get paid up front, but you, it may be impossible for you to get that done. Uh, you can't, you haven't been able to. So I'm kind of curious. Um, let's give some, we're not going to mention names or anything or even infer. <laughs> so we don't want, you know, we don't want to disparage anyone or whatever. Um, even though what we're going to say is absolutely true. Yeah. I've been doing, th- I've been doing this a long time and I've got lots of, lots of stories uh, from <laughs> the early days when I had no clue what I was doing. Just assume people would pay me. Right. And because uh, that's what I would do if I owed a bill, I would pay it. And I remember one time this guy, it was just kind of a, he had a small company that had to do with sports, I guess. And, um, and I was just building a website for him and it was mostly just me. Although I think there may have been one or two employees at that point. And I did the work and, um, he just, uh, just like the check never came. And I, it wasn't even that much. Like this was in my early days when I wasn't charging very much. And so I kept emailing him, emailing him, never got back. And then, um, a little bit later, I was just like, you know what? Forget this. I still have access to his website. I'm just going to take it down. Like, I'm just going <laughs> to, I'm just going to take it down. And I took it down. And like a day later, he calls me up in a panic, like, Hey, how can I pay you? How can I pay you? You know, as quick as possible. So he PayPal's me the money. And then I put it back up and I kind of forget about it. And then the next year I was doing the hosting. So I, I sent him an invoice for the next year's hosting and we're talking like 120 bucks or something. This is not much. And he doesn't pay it, doesn't pay it, doesn't pay it. And like two or three months later, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take his website down again. And he calls me up. So this thing happens again. And then I got a little bit more wise and I was like, okay, I'm just going to put a little ticking time bomb in his code where, uh, it just says if the date is less than a year from now, then continue to work. But if it's more than a year from now, just die. Cause I know it's going to happen again. And so <laughs> I forgot about this. And then I sent the invoice off the next year and I'm just kind of sitting there and he calls me up in a panic. My website's down. Uh, how can I pay you? I'm like, Oh, okay. That thing went <laughs> up. So I actually did, did that for a client who was obviously, you know, at that point I, I pretty much cut him loose and said, go find your own hosting and your own uh, different web developer. Cause I'm tired of dealing with this, but it was, it was kind of a, like a forcing mechanism. And I think what this comes back to is you have to have some level of leverage over them. You have to have something, some power in your, in your possession to make them pay. And, mm-hmm. and you know, the, the, the nuclear option is, is like suing them and that's using the legal system. But you know, there's other things like number one, have some of their money, like the deposit or number two have, you know, they, they need you, they need you for various things. Obviously, hopefully you actually have the level of trust and good relationship where you can just say, Hey, you know, we didn't get that check and they send you a check. Uh, but that doesn't always happen. But Jamie, have you, have you heard of, uh, someone, someone took your idea and actually coded a like WordPress plugin and Android and a bunch of stuff. It's called not paid. Have you seen it? I have not seen this. No, this sounds interesting. (laughs) So, uh, not paid is hilarious on the date that they're supposed to pay you every day after that for, and you get to set how many days it takes. Um, the website slowly fades away. (laughs) (laughs) It just changes the opacity of the entire website so that like 
after 60 days of them not paying you, their their website is essentially disintegrated. Slowly. This is great. That's great. It's pretty funny. I do want to mention that this may or may not be legal in your jurisdiction. Yeah, you, you, actually, you actually could get in trouble for this. And that was something that, you know, obviously uh, I would be very careful about at, at this point. There's a lot of other ways to have leverage. If you steal a stick of gum, that is a theft. It is a crime. And you can go to jail for that, depending on how much you steal. Uh, what we're talking about is actually contract law. Um, mm-hmm. We're civil. Uh, if someone owes you $100,000 and they don't pay you, it's not a crime. They, they, they didn't steal it from you. Uh, they violated your contract, for sure. Uh, and also, often you're talking about companies. They're not humans. Uh, you know, there's no human. I mean, heck, even with the financial crisis of 2008, I think only two humans went to jail. Right. Um, which is so you can ruin the entire world economy and not go to jail. <laughs> You're not going to jail for not paying a fifty thousand dollar bill to your uh, to your designer, right? Breach of contract isn't a crime, and it has to be dealt, yeah, civilly. Uh, of course, we are not lawyers. Uh, consult your actual lawyer for <laughs> this sort of uh, this sort of advice. Uh, this is just our our experience. Um, so, I had another situation come up uh, years ago uh, where um, where the we had this kind of extensive contract negotiation where we went back and back, back and forth, back and forth. And they kept trying to strip out certain sections and uh, they kept wanting to remove the, the deposit, for example. And I kept putting it back and saying, no, that we need this, you know, I'm not going to, not going to do this job without a deposit. And, um, we got to the end and they said, okay, we'll sign it with the deposit in the, in, you know, the, the latest one I had sent, they said, we'll sign it. And they sent it back signed and I signed it and we, we started the project. Well, little did I know they had removed the deposit language from the contract uh, before they sent it back, even though they had agreed to sign the one with the deposit. So it went to my project manager at the time who read the contract and rightly was like, okay, no, no, you know, don't deposit on this one. We're just going to keep, get working on it. Uh, So he was, you know, just kind of looking at it from that perspective. And, um, and I didn't notice it cause I didn't go reread the contract, uh, assuming that they had in good faith signed the right one. So, um, <laughs> so that wouldn't have been an issue if, if they had kept paying, you know, me at that point, mm-hmm. but, uh, but they, but they didn't at, at one point they stopped paying and we started noticing it like, you know, Hey, our accounts receivable, you know, what they owe us is getting pretty big. And this became a bigger and bigger problem. Um, and so the problem was we had no leverage because we didn't have a deposit. Uh, we could stop work and we did eventually stop work. Um, that was that was our leverage. Yeah, that was the leverage. That was the only leverage we had. And eventually it worked and they paid us. Uh, it ended up being more of a accounting snafu than anything. But the and, and I don't even to this day know what was the deal with that contract, like why they sent back, uh, you know, the one with the, the statement, you know, re- removed with the deposit. But uh, since that point, I'm much more careful to reread before I sign the contracts. And don't feel bad about that, Jamin. Everyone does that. Um, it's, it's hard because you want the work. You may actually not have any work. We've, we've had situations where we really worried that they were going to pay us, but we decided to work anyways because the alternative is we didn't have any work. 
Exactly. And so we rolled the dice and often you, when you roll the dice, you, you lose, but <laughs> yeah. it was, it was at least a conscious decision uh, because this company we knew was probably going to go out of business. There's not going to be anyone to sue if you wanted to sue them, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but you brought up an interesting point and there is a lot of differences why people don't pay. Sometimes it's a smaller company and the owner just understands how this works mm-hmm. and they have no interest in working with you again. Maybe they're mad at you for some reason. Who knows? Uh, and they know there's if they owe you $10,000, you're not going to do anything about it because talk to a lawyer. If it's not fifty hundred thousand dollars it's not worth it because mm-hmm. you're mm-hmm. going to pay way more than that in lawyer fees. Um, and they know that, so they just play the game and they don't pay you. But for bigger companies, for bigger corporations, corporations aren't good. They aren't bad. They aren't immoral. They aren't moral. They are robots. Um, machines. And yeah. it is not uncommon if a corporation is having cash flow problems to say, stop paying vendors. Yeah. The, the person you're talking to, the person who hired you for the job, really wants you to get paid. You even tell them you're going to stop working. They're freaking out because they need this done. They're contacting their accounting department or whomever. It doesn't matter because the corporate robot said that we're not paying vendors right now. Now, in that situation, uh, we can talk about how to re- rectify that situation. You basically want to, there's things you can do. But the point is, even if you have the best relationship, and of course, Joe would never not pay me as such a wonderful guy. We went skiing with his family. Joe may not be in the position to guarantee that payment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Ken, I think, had a really cool way of describing corporations, saying they have the same stomach, but they don't have any soul, which is a pretty interesting way of taking a look at it. That's interesting. I think they have a bigger stomach. A bigger stomach, yeah. So, you know, my wife, uh, I don't know if anyone who's ever listened to this podcast knows, but my wife's an accountant. Oh, Um, oh, no. (laughs) Did you guys know that? Uh, No, no, no. Yeah, first I heard it. Yeah, this is new. As an accountant, she knows how it works, and she's unfortunately worked for startups that uh, put the accounting department in this the accounting department in this horrible position of not paying their vendors. Mm. Uh, and just real quick, spoiler: um, you just want to be the nicest, or the most annoying, or tack on the most fees, or threaten to sue the most to get your name put up the top. So when they do pay a vendor, you're the first one. Um, I would always start out with be the nicest, uh, pro tip for all entrepreneurs, be really nice to accountants and be really nice to your IT people. Both of them can make your life miserable. I had a client again, years, years ago, I've been doing this for a long time, uh, where he owed me, I think $8,500 or something like that. Uh, and I was like, Hey, you need to pay this bill. We were pretty much wrapping up the project and he called me up and he was just like, yelling swearing at me on the phone telling me that we had done a horrible job i knew that wasn't the case because uh you know i was working on the project i knew that we had done a good job but he had a couple of small things where it was kind of like uh maybe he had like a half a point you know so i was like okay well let's we'll fix that and then will you pay us yeah yeah if you fix if you fix that then i will pay you and so we went in there and i had uh one of my developers uh, work on it for another week, uh, and got that knocked out and called him up. And he says, no, it's not still not fixed because of this other thing. So we spent another week on it. I was just being like 
dumb. There's no reason why I should have kept going at that point. Uh, so I think we spent another three weeks on it. And then, and then I was like, okay, I'm done. Like, we're not going to do any more free work for you. Uh, pay us what you owe us. And I look at my in- inbox and he had revoked our GitHub access and I never heard from him again. Like he was just gone. Uh, just a complete oh, scam. Uh, so he owed me at that point, you know, well, well, if you count the free work, it would have been well over $10,000. And mm-hmm. he was, and I remember one time when he called me up, he was like yelling at me, like, I thought you were a man of your word. Like it was one of his oh. statements. And he, this whole time was like planning to, to scam me. Luckily, yeah. you know, this, this is the, this is the exception rather than the rule. I've worked with so many people that have bent over backwards to make sure that we got paid, um, that, you know, we're on time that if they ever missed a payment, they were super apologetic and embarrassed by it. Like this is, that's the normal, at least with the people we've worked with. And that's, that's been awesome. And that's probably why I was willing to give this guy more of, uh, you know, more, more slack, I guess, uh, in, in this situation, I thought he would be more like that, but clearly it wasn't. I do agree with Jamin. The norm is people do pay you. The problem with a business is often your margins are so low. If you have one or two people who don't pay, it really hurts. So I don't want to, I don't want us to, I don't want you listening to think that none of our customers pay. That's completely not true. Well, on top of that, uh, sorry, you're going to have to edit. One second. Oh, I'll edit it, but not in the way you mean. To narrate for our listeners, Gant just muted and is now yelling at his dogs. I did. I, I muted my dogs want to be on this podcast so bad. Um, and I appreciate that if you don't edit it, they will. So, <laughs> uh, what, what I wanted to, to add to that is we talked a little bit about leverage and people who have trust issues for certain reasons will, will be a little bit afraid of that. But people who have trust issues for the wrong reasons, uh, because they do plan on messing you over, um, they're going to be very hesitant about it. I think that saying like, here's a, you know, it's bona fide, it's like good faith money, then that's something that is, that's a good meeting of the minds between two people. And that's part of what we're talking about. If you don't have leverage in your contract, or if they're afraid to give you some kind of leverage, like that situation that happened before, of course, those are the contracts that are going to end up not paying you. Uh, because they know that they're going to fail and they're afraid to set themselves up in that situation. So I'd say if you, most of our people who do bend over backwards to make sure we get paid are also the people who are very friendly and understanding and and have strong contracts with us that they would like to uh, be held accountable to. And as you get into these situations, uh, that's a great point, Guy. And as you get into these situations and you start uh, negotiating you can't always negotiate like contracts are not before you sign it. They're always, it's a conversation. It's always something like, Hey, this won't work for me for one reason or another. And I would get a lawyer involved because they can spot things that you won't notice. Um, and then, uh, but a good lawyer will also tell you this is not ideal, but if you really want this project, it's maybe a risk worth taking and here are the risks. So that you can actually make a decision based on that rather than just, you know, maximum coverage, which isn't always possible. And sometimes you need the work. Now, if you were like me with this, this deposit thing, if I had actually done my, my, my job and looked at the contract after they signed it uh, and noticed, hey, there's no, no deposit there, pushing back, um, you know, 
you, you and and they won't budge on it then it's not worth doing because you get yourself into a world of hurt it would hurt a lot more honestly to do three months worth of work thinking that you're going to get paid and then not get paid rather than just honestly you know take a vacation for a month and then find another job you know <laughs> yeah and that's good advice jamin we all do realize it's super hard to do especially when you're new negotiating contracts and by new i meant i didn't like doing this for like eight years yeah me either and it's really hard to 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 pass over work as well this stuff is all very difficult you don't want to negotiate i mean this is assuming you're a decent person now how we interact with our vendors meaning we're their clients we really try to interact with them well and be the best i mean our goal is to be their best client absolutely because we know that we will get priority service because we do that with our clients yeah so first off you be a good client for sure i do want to talk about real quick Jamin mentioned something. The gentleman, and I'm being nice with that word, the gentleman was calling up and yelling at Jamin and telling him he was doing a horrible job. Yeah. And Jamin knows he wasn't. So one of the red flags, which I highly recommend you run screaming away from clients, is if they're gaslighting you. Yeah. Uh, and if you don't know what that means, just they're they're trying to make you believe in a reality that doesn't exist. Like saying, the, the truth is the gentleman didn't want to pay. Yeah. That's the truth but they don't say that they'll come with all sorts of little tiny things to to make it why it's your fault and try to change reality and if there's any little like possible truth to it they will just dig and dig and dig at that but you have to think in terms of what's reasonable right this this kind of person is not having a genuine conversation with you they are not a partner with you which is really what you want with your clients these these people aren't going to change they're toxic you want to get as much money as you can out of them and then move on as as cleanly as you can i actually i want to ask i think something that's really interesting for our listeners is uh we have varying size contracts and sometimes you'll go to a contract and they'll say i'm sorry you know we're a mid-sized company the only thing we can do is net 60 for paying you um and they start to take away or they have some inflexibility or they need you to sign this nda or they need you to sign this extra um, indemnification clause or something like that. What are some of the places that we've seen before? And this is definitely for you, Todd and Jamin, that we could, if you are stuck one way, that you can ask for other things, or you would just say, I'm sorry, that's too much, and you would walk away from the contract. The right thing to do is say, I'm sorry, and walk away from the contract. None of you all are going to do that, especially when you're starting out. <laughs> Here's the truth. When you're starting out, you don't have a lot of leverage. You don't have a big pipeline of people coming in. And so you have to take less than desirable projects. You know why? Because you're on the bottom. It's sad. It sucks. But it's true. Yeah. So a less desirable project in this case may be a great client. There may be lots of margin or revenue. Um, but the less desirable is the horrible contract. Yeah. And someone who's more established and has a big pipeline of clients may pass them over that's why you're getting the chance to get the project (laughs) because you're taking a much bigger risk um it's it's risky you have to decide if the risk is is worth it well i mean i guess you could finagle as well i mean so if they have something where uh you know i guess you could ask for a larger deposit or perhaps change your rates so that way some of the risk is mitigated 
especially if they have like a really long payment period. I'm not sure. If your girlfriend or boyfriend are constantly being a jerk to you, it's because they think they have more power in the relationship and they're not really into you, to be honest. Uh, If they were, they wouldn't do that to you. The reason this particular client is pushing back is because they have more power or maybe they have someone else they can go to. You're not a big deal to them. Yeah. So, yes, you're absolutely correct, Gant. But since this is already a risky project, if you make it less risky, it makes you less uh, desirable in their eyes because everything you reduce risk on your side increases the risk on their side. You're just at a power imbalance here, whether it's real or perceived by yeah. them. It doesn't matter. It's uh, it's almost always a, a power imbalance issue. Now, there are some situations where it is kind of just an unfortunate circumstance. Um, for example, the business just literally suddenly goes out of business and it was kind of unexpected on their end and they didn't realize it was coming or something like that. And I've had that happen before. Um, uh and really, again, having a good deposit is is your protection there where you can apply it to the end invoice and get what you can because you're not going to get anything else. Even if you sue them, there's nothing there. So that's a situation, again, where having a, a good deposit is really important and good terms. By the way, if you sue them, go to court, the judge rules in your favor, says that company X owes you $100,000, there's no cop that's going to make them give you that $100,000. Um there's things you can do for instance if they shut down that business and go work for exxon you can have their wages garnished and that kind of stuff in some cases yeah in some cases but people find this out too like just because you're awarded uh uh, you're awarded some cash in a court case does not mean you're going to get that cash sorry to be such a uh, debbie downer on this but it's True. It's a little bit of a Debbie Downer topic, to be honest. Uh, is there anything positive we can pull out of this, guys? Well, I, I think that one of the key aspects here is that um, if you can, be willing to to be worth it and then be really cautious of your cash flow. Make sure you have some kind of deposit. And, and when you have your expectations set way up front, like once you learn this stuff and you're good at it and you're like, no, this is our con, this is our contract. This is what we need. We need these things for this reason. You can be up front with them. You know, we can say like, you know, Hey, I need, ex- I need coverage for my exposure. Like that's a very valid thing to say. If a, a legitimate business will understand that, like if we were to hire just for example, we were to hire like a, a com- like a consultant, they were to tell us um, we're $3,000 a month, but I need a $3,000 deposit first for this you know, six-month contract to cover my exposure because it's net 30 or something like that. It would totally make sense to us and we would do it. The, you know, like it, it, a legitimate business will do that. Now, if you're, they're pushing back against that, then mm-hmm. either they're, they're really like they, they could possibly just be wanting you to give them a free loan, which is that happens all the time. Like I just, I want my vendors, I want to owe all my vendors a bunch of money because then it's basically like a free loan for my own cash flow. That's, that's a mm-hmm. terrible way to do business in my opinion, but it happens or they're not intending to pay you. Yeah. Or they're ignorant. Uh, ignorance, you know, does happen, meaning they're new to this. They're treating it like they're treating it very emotionally. Yeah. They're yeah, treating yeah. it like problems they've had in their personal life. They're very, uh, very nervous and worried that you're trying to take advantage of them. Uh, so there are to definitely, you know, kind of inexperienced people. So I, I wouldn't 
assign malice to those people when sure. ignorance is a perfectly good reason why. However, you still may not want to work with them because, and this gets to another point. If you don't get paid by someone, it's going to happen. What you don't do is react like a human. You react like a company. Your company should be a robot as well. Like, should we write a blog post or a tweet about how the horrible this person is? Oh, that's, no, do not do that. <laughs> you should not do that. It's solving nothing. It's, you're doing it for emotional reasons. Mm-hmm. And trust me, you can say you want to do it and you get into a, a Zoom call with your, your good friends, Gant and Jamin, and complain and, and vent and stuff and say, <laughs> not you that wanna, this has ever happened. Say you want to destroy <laughs> them. Say you want to hire the Russian mafia to take care of them, all this stuff. You but know what's better should, than the Russian mafia? The Finnish mafia. I've got connections. Oh, here we go. <laughs> well, it's because they always, boom, boom, finish the job. <laughs> Oh, if you work with Jamin, you hear a lot about the finish. Um, anyways, <laughs> there are lovely people. They all bathe naked together. It's very strange. In saunas. Not bathe. We take saunas, which, by the way, that's how you pronounce it, sauna. But it is naked. Yes, it's true. So what was I saying? Something about hiring the mafia. Hiring the mafia. <laughs> oh, right, right. Don't don't react emotionally. It's It's really stupid for you. You just have to take it on the chin, tell your accountant to write it off as a loss. It will reduce your... Taxic uh, taxes for that year, um, and just you know, perhaps send them to uh, collections, that kind of stuff. I think but, we were told, weren't we told by our a lawyer that it's it's somewhere in the range of like fifty thousand dollars or more, where it starts becoming worth it? Because like below that, you're just spending so much money in legal fees, and it is true that you can get that money back if you have it written into your contract that they pay legal fees. Uh, but then you're also talking a year of your life, too, because that's how long it yeah. takes. Yeah, it decides the opportunity cost of your time. So I think it goes zero to 50,000. Don't do anything. 50,000 to 100,000. Get a lawyer and 100,000 higher. 1-800-GO-MAFIA. <laughs> That's a good. That's a good business, actually. Where that exists, uh, probably does in the darknet. Um, yeah, and and when we say don't do anything, just to clarify, this is assuming you've already done all the normal stuff. Mm-hmm. Like you want appeal to their humanity, appeal to the fact that you want to be partners, and explain why this is hurting. Explain that you had to take a line of credit out to front them this money, which right. we've done in yeah. the past. You know, and explain it. And once you've went through all the, you know, be a decent person, try to be a partner with them, try to get them. I mean, if you're really gifted negotiator and you know yelling at them will work, then sure, yell at them. If you're not, (laughs) it's probably not going to work. But then once that's done, then that's what we're talking about. Well, there's a really cool story by the company Us Two, where they had one client who was continuously never paying their invoices. And someone found out that that client really loved bulldogs. So whenever they would send the invoice to that person, they would do a cover photo of a bulldog (laughs) on all the invoices. (laughs) And after they started doing that, every invoice got paid exactly on time. That's hilarious. And and literally, sometimes they'll look and say, okay, we we want to pay 50% of our vendors in the next three months. Mm Mm-hmm. Who has the highest fees if we don't pay them? Mm-hmm. We pay them first. Mm-hmm. It's, it's sometimes as robotic as that. Yep. Cool. Um, any other fun stories about not getting paid? I have too many. Uh, actually, merging with your business and, and 
more proper business practices was was a big boon for me because it, it there was there were too many situations like the ones that I described uh, and I was just wasn't very good at it and so uh, I I think it's you know I guess I'm just too nice of a guy or something like that I tend to want to I'm an optimist I want to believe the best in mm. humanity rather than always be going around being a cynic. Uh, so that's why I brought Todd on board. <laughs> <laughs> he he brought a cynic ringer. <laughs> With Jamin and I, it's a tale of two sons. His father, super trustworthy, great guy. I've met him. I really enjoyed him. My father was a nice fellow, but he was a scam artist. And I learned from a very early age to see gaslighting BS yeah. detectors very strong. Um, I don't, I recommend Jamin's life, not mine. <laughs> Well, you know, I'll I'll toss into that uh Jamin, I don't know if you've ever been next to him, but he works out and he's about ten and a half feet tall. So <laughs> I imagine when he's doing local work that he just has to show up in person. Uh, Todd, <laughs> you're 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 better architected to be a more of a digital hammer in our sort of like <laughs> wide scope of Hey buddy, I'm six know. feet tall. I have lots of stories. Some of them like don't really want to tell just for obvious reasons, but um, it's it's really just power. The more power yeah. you have, the more power you have to say no. But I I strongly recommend, regardless of your power, even if you're on the very weak side of the contract negotiation, mm-hmm. avoid people who are gaslighting you or seem to have some sort of personality defect where they don't trust anyone yeah. at all possible. It's never going to work out. Trust me, it never works out. Look for red flags if they all of a sudden some weird thing comes out of left field. Um, by the way, you do still have a little bit of leverage when even when you're like a freelancer coming into a big company. And that's that the person that you're talking to has invested some time in making this thing happen. And they don't want to go back to square one and go find someone else like that's annoying mm-hmm. to them. It's usually like a big, big deal. And maybe sometimes they've already told the other people, no, they don't want to come back and look bad. So Mm -hmm. it actually becomes quite personal to them to just like be invested in finishing it. So you do have some, some, some leverage there. And that's a, that's actually a sales trick that uh, car companies like to use. That's why they have coffee and drinks and they sit you in the office and they go talk to the manager. The more time you sit and kind of wear down at their office um, the less likely you are to go test drive other vehicles. This is a story, and it just remind me. So big company, not paying us for big company reasons. I had no relationship with our contact there, the, the person who was, you know, contracted with us and who we were working with directly. So I assume the head of the department, I don't recall. But um, I didn't know this person personally. I'd never talked to him. So when I did talk to him, I started out super nice like just very nice, you know, tried to appeal to his humanity, um, you know, and, and, and came at it with like, okay, Hey, you know, you haven't paid this and stuff. Uh, you know, well, first introduce myself, Hey, you haven't paid this stuff. You know, we're, we are having cash flow problems and just being very honest with them. Like we're, you know, you owe us this amount of money. We're, we're unfortunately, we're kind of taking a loan right now to make up for that. Uh, this is all true, by the way. And um, I understand sometimes companies have, if you could just tell me what's going on and stuff, maybe we can, I can work this together. Uh, what I really, I really hate if I have to stop work because I know it's probably very important to you. And I know the people working on this really enjoy talking to you and that stuff. And I'm just trying to, if you could just help me figure this out, like if we can figure this out, it's be awesome. I just really use your help. You know, starting like that's actually great because A, if we do get paid, we want to have a great relationship with this gentleman. 
Uh, he he this guy turned out to be a really nice guy. Actually did go out of his way to help out. If I would have came there guns blazing, I don't know, depending on his personality, he may fold and do what you want. But he may if if you come at me like that, I'll dig in like I'll you know, yeah. you're going to you're going to pry my money out of my cold, dead hands. Believe me, that is Todd's personality. <laughs> you don't come at him that way. <laughs> he still owes me five bucks. And every time I bring it up. But if you come at me nicely and if you're vulnerable and you're honest with me, I will bend over backwards to yeah, help true. you out. So you actually lose nothing by this because let's say that doesn't work. Let's say you're very nice and you're you're super good cop and the person is just a jerk to you. You've lost nothing. Yeah. Because now you can start ratcheting up the bad cop. Yeah. And you even have more of a reason to do this. And frankly, I'm not suggesting you do this, but some one of the things I can do is I can seem a little erratic in these situations. Like I'll go from being nice and very not being nice and being nice and it confuses them and startles them. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm giving away my secrets here. The point is I would always start off. Uh, you'll get, you'll often get some pretty good results. And in this case, they did have an issue with the bigger company at large. He wanted us to keep on working. We became a partner. I need help with money situation because I got a business run. We don't want to stop work on your project. It's very important to you. Yeah. And we came together and worked on it with the rest of their company to get it done. And that like a perfect, yeah. as a perfect example of uh, a nice outcome. We could obviously tell a thousand stories. Um, we've been in business a long time, various businesses and stuff. But I feel like we've given, given people some good advice, kind yeah. of been vulnerable with problems mm-hmm. we've had and mistakes we've made. Um, and, you know, just kind of got the conversation started. So I'd say we end it here. Um, and if anyone has any anything they want to ask us about or continue the conversation, please reach out to us t- on Twitter. We love talking about this, especially Jamin. I'd reach out mm-hmm. to Jamin first. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes he'll come to us and say, hey, such and such is asking a question. You can also join our community, and we have a podcast channel. We can discuss subjects you heard on the podcast. Mm-hmm. We're engineers, the three of us, and we're not business people by by default. We are engineers, and we do engineering things. So we love to talk about stuff we learned because we find it interesting, and we assume that a lot of you just like us, we're completely ignorant to these facts. So, Anywho, thank you very much for listening and have a great day. Thanks, everybody. Don't forget to pay your invoices. As this episode of Building Infinite Red comes to a close, be sure to check out this episode's show notes. We love it when the listeners to Building Infinite Red leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or give us a shout out on their social channels. Feel free to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Have a question for the owners? Reach out to them on Twitter. Their Twitter handles are on the show notes page. Or you can join the hashtag podcast channel on the Infinite Red Slack community at community.infinite.red. Thank you so much for listening to Building Infinite Red. We'll talk to you next time.